Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. Good evening. I am Dale Howard, and welcome to tonight's Compliance Corner. Uh, We're having a few technical issues, so here's hoping. Uh, If you got anything, push one, and uh, we're hoping our board will recover and we can get in and deal with whatever you've got. Uh, issues with tonight. Okay. Uh, thought we'd uh, chat a little bit tonight about our date. Yep. Are we in? Yeah, I mean, I can hear you. Uh, I don't know if it's recording, but yeah, let's just keep pushing through. With the uh, ELD mandate approaching, it's. Uh, Let's, uh, let's see what happens. There seems to be a lot with how do I log, you know, loading, unloading. The ELD, nothing for the electronic version. So whatever you did on paper, short of creativity, is exactly what we do on the when I produce, so I go up at uh, Driscoll Street in Oxnard, California. I pull in, I park my truck, I go on duty, not driving. In the remarks, I type in, in Driscoll Berries. Get out, wander in, get my check-in slip, fill out all the information, hand it to the clerk, and they decide whether or not my load's ready. And if it, you leave a phone number, and they call you when you're ready to load. I go back out to the truck, hit off duty, and now I'm free to do whatever I want until they call me and tell me I've done it for. Counting product in and out of the trailer, and you can do whatever you like, you go off duty. 
So I'll go off duty. I'll go for a walk. If the uh, catering truck's there, I'll go grab something to eat, which, by the way, you can do keto on the road at the catering trucks. They're more than happy to accommodate. All you have to do is ask. And, you know, I'll wander around the parking lot, and uh, I'll have a look at trucks. and snap a few pictures for presentations. And uh, if nothing else, if it's going to be a while, I may pull up my lawn chair and sit back and have a cigar. My phone rings back into door 27. I put my lawn chair away, tuck my cigar away, fire up the truck, go back on duty, yard move, go ahead, slide my wheels, go back, open the trailer up, back into the door, pre-trip the reefer, get ready to pre-cool my trailer, and in I go. If there's a glitch, oh, you've got a door, but your product's not quite ready yet, go back out, go off duty, because I can go for a walk, I can do whatever until they phone me. When they're ready to start putting product in the trailer, then you're back on duty, and away you go. There's people that are stamping their fist and standing in the cor- stamping their feet, standing in the corner, and crying great big tears that, well, I'm on duty, so I'll just sit there in my truck and I'll pout on duty. Well, again, the litmus test is: Am I free to pursue? other activities. If you are, you're off duty. The only time you're on duty is when you're performing duties on behalf of the carrier, loading, unloading, retripping, doing whatever. So I hope that clears a few things up. The next mode of contention seems to be personal conveyance. Well, I'm on an e-log. How can I possibly do personal conveyance? Well, if your carrier, and this now turns into a company policy, if your carrier allows for personal conveyance, then here's the guidance right from the FMCSA 395-1- A driver is relieved from work and all responsibility for performing work, time spent traveling from a driver's home to his terminal, normal work reporting location, or from a driver's terminal to his or her home may be considered off-duty time. Similar time spent traveling short distances from a driver's en route lodgings such as terminals, motels, restaurants, in the vicinity of such lodgings can be considered off-duty personal conveyance. Here's kind of the kicker in the 50 Shades of Grey. A driver may not operate a laden commercial vehicle as personal conveyance. So if you've got freight in the box, you can't book off-duty personal conveyance. You can see if the customer will allow you to drop the trailer where it's at, 
and you can bobtail to the restaurant, you can bobtail to the truck stop, do whatever you like. But they've kind of left it as 50 shades of gray as far as unlaid. Uh, an empty trailer, you know, that the gray area that turns into is now you have to convince an officer that you're going a short distance and you're not repositioning equipment. Here in Canada, we had a huge problem with carriers repositioning equipment and trying to palm that off as personal conveyance. Uh, for example, they'd have people that would leave Toronto and bobtail up to Montreal, grab a trailer, and carry on. And they were trying to claim the miles between Toronto and Montreal as personal conveyance. So, to our government's credit, they came out and they set it in stone. Personal conveyance in Canada, if you're operating under the Canadian hours of service, you're limited to 75 kilometers per calendar day, and you must be bobtailing, unhooked from a trailer. So there's just no gray. So kind of wish the FMCSA would get a little more specific, but who knows? Kind of my hope with the ELBs and it may be a dream, but now we have, we're going to have real-time data. There's no more, well, we think trucks are sitting X amount of hours, but we have no really good way of verifying that on paper. With the electronic log, we now have the ability to track real-time data. And rumor has it, the FMCFA, FMCSA is going to revisit the 14-hour rule and allow you to stop the clock because the 14-hour rule is the biggest problem. They've already got a pilot program now bringing back the split sleeper berth, so that would be a huge asset. You know what, folks? December the 19th, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the sun is going to rise the earth is not going to fall off its axis, and it's just going to be another day in the life. If you're one of the last holdouts and you're still on paper, you really need to embrace the e-log sooner rather than later, because I'm afraid there's going to be a crunch for technology, and, and yes, you're not going to be placed out of service, and that's kind of a fallacy because people are, are reading into that. There's going to be kind of a grace period. We've got till April the 1st. CBSA's year-end is April 1st to April 1st. So when they bring out, they have their yearly meetings, and every time they tweak the out-of-service criteria, the out-of-service criteria kicks in April 1st, every year. So come December the 19th, you're going to be fined. The FMCSA is saying right now you won't be assigned CSA points on your carrier profile. However, 
they haven't addressed whether or not these are going to show up on your PSP score or you as a driver. So I'd be a little concerned about that. And you're going to be fined and be given a notice to get into compliance. So that lady's son, she's left the building. It was a good fight, but even Elida has unsaddled the dead horse and they're not flogging it anymore. December the 19th, we're going to wake up and the ELD mandate is going to be there. Whether I like it or don't like it, the law is on the books. The true problem but is Dale, hours of service. Yes, sir. Dale, we got, I, I think Mickey's got a got a question about that. She should be on there with us. No, she's not. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I am. So, I was trolling at a couple of the ELD, no ELD uh, pages because okay. it is entertainment above everything else. And somebody actually said, and this big long diary says, you know, well, what difference does it make? And she actually made the point that, you know, these ELDs just don't care. They don't care where you are when they run out. And the truck will be stuck. And then what? The traffic, who's going to do all this? I'm like, you've got to be kidding some of these people actually think that when the ELD clock counts down to zero, it disables the truck. Seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, there's so much good misinformation out there. And sadly, when I try and introduce common sense to some of these groups, I've been called, like Kevin, I get called names and get blackballed and blocked. But yeah. The ELD is not going to tell you what to do. All it's going to do is tell you what you've done and what what you are allowed to do. The ELD will not pull a gun and put it to your forehead and say, you will drive tired. All the ELD is doing is recording what you are doing. If you're tired, pull over. Take a nap. Well, and the other thing, if you if you read a bunch of these comments and things in these pages, you will see very quickly why we're getting the ELDs. Because apparently, a lot of people don't either a understand that we already have a 14-hour rule because they keep talking about the new 14-hour rule, or b they acknowledge we have a 14-hour rule, but it. They don't, it doesn't apply to them magically because I have seen everything from, well, when this 14-hour rule comes in, you know, you can kiss stopping for lunch goodbye or meeting friends or doing any of this stuff. And I'm like, this, seriously, I'm training for triathlon. I have time to train every day, walk the dog, stop and eat, do all kinds of things in 14 hours. But I, I try to tell people, you are why we're getting electronic laws. Because apparently you think the 14-hour rule does not apply to you. It does. I got, I got nothing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I, you know, I. 
That's Steve Chrome, because every time I post a picture of my truck in the truck wash, Steve is quick to point out that, gosh, how do I find all this time in my day to wash and polish? And, but yeah, it, it now becomes a time management problem. And it's not forcing you to do anything. And when I see people make these ridiculous posts that, you know, they're taking away my flexibility, there was never any flexibility on paper. If you were having flexibility on paper, you were cheating, and you are the reason why we are having electronic logging devices. And when you make these posts on Facebook and in social media, and I just warn everybody listening, that when you make these comments, they're there forever. We all remember the uh, lady that was standing beside the spray-painted Columbia Freightliner, flipping off with both fingers. She is now immortal on Facebook. That that picture will never go away. And, you know, if we think for a second that law enforcement is not, and please don't rush out and put on a tinfoil hat, but if you don't think that law enforcement is reading all of these anti-ELD websites, I'd be curious to see how many of these guys that make these stupid posts are suddenly getting random roadside inspections. You know, be careful. Pick your battles. And I just don't think this is a hill that certainly I want to die on. You know, my... I've never got into the the creativity mode. When I was on the job, I was never the smartest guy that put on a uniform. I'm the first one to admit that. I retired undefeated in hours of service. Never lost a court case. Too easy to catch you doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So if you put as much effort into trying to beat the system if you put that same effort into trying to comply with the system, it's just really a no-brainer. Do I love the e-log? Absolutely not. I don't mind it. I, you know, it's, it's a tool. I use it. Do I think it should be forced on us? Probably not. But again, it's way above my pay grade. Somebody way smarter than me five years ago put this into MAP 21. Two years ago, on December the 18th, it was passed into law, and December the 18th, 2017, was the line in the sand. I'm just not sure why we are so surprised right now that we're getting ELDs. And when you look at everybody's argument, it's the hours of service we should have fought not the ELD, the hours of service that is the problem. And if you want to jump in, and if uh, Melissa's got the board back to life, push one and we'll, uh, we'll get to your call. If you've pushed one and we're not getting to you, I'll apologize right now because we've got some, some uh, technical glitches. But uh, we'll hopefully get that worked out before the end of the show. <laughs> So, yeah, it's uh, love or hate the technology, 
it's coming. So if you're working for somebody that's holding out and and waiting for December the 17th to get their e-log, you know, download one of the download one of the telephone apps and get used to it yourself. Because December the 18th is not going to be a good day for you if you find out that your business model isn't going to be ELD compliant. Get in the habit of running 100% legal. Now, if you're one of these guys that loves to push the clock and push the envelope, you're actually going to gain probably an hour and a half, hour and three quarters in your day. Because right now, a pre-trip inspection takes 15 minutes. Once you've paid attention to all my harping on pre-trip inspections, and if you've come to the OBCMC and participated in a pre-trip inspection, you can knock that out in eight to nine minutes. So you've just gained some time. When you fuel, right now you have to log 15 minutes. If it only takes you eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes, you've just gained some time. So, like I say, in your 70 hours, personally I've found that you actually gain hours. So, for those oh, of you that really want to, want to work harder and work more, it's it's not that bad. What uh, What's your experience, Russ? I, uh, you know, absolutely. I was, was going to make a little comment on what you said about fueling. I fueled and they put over 200 gallons in my truck. I got big things uh, in seven minutes. Seven, and, it's, and I mean, I turned the logbook on. I stepped out of the truck. I fired the pump up. I fueled my truck. And while I was there, I took the oil. I added oil. I uh, walked around, checked my tires, did all my little stuff that I used to do when I'm fueling up. And, and when I got back in the truck after hanging everything up and so on and so forth for seven minutes. So you just gained eight minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got 100-gallon tanks, and I can take them all the way down to the bottom, fill them all the way up, fill up my death tank, and put about 10 to 15 gallons in it, you know, do all the other stuff while that's happening, and it takes me eight minutes. So... And, and the same thing when you're, uh, you know, when you're at a dock. I uh, I unloaded in LA on Monday, and uh, you uh, you bump the dock, you turn your turn your paperwork in, the uh, catering truck showed up. I left. I'm off duty. I everything's on pallets. They don't want you on the dock, so I'm off duty standing there beside my truck eating my breakfast, drinking my coffee, forklift operator walks out, hands me my bills, you're out of here. Finished my breakfast, jumped in the truck, hit on duty, pulled ahead, closed my doors, and left. You know, that unload was, I think, eight minutes from the time I checked in till I left. So on the old system... That would have been 15 minutes to check in, 15 minutes to back into the dock, 15 minutes to get my paperwork and leave. On the ELD. Okay, I do want to. 
I, I was going to say, too, I want to um, discuss some of the differences that people are confused about between uh, onboard electronic recording devices and ELD because they are different. I know what we have here at Schneider right now is considered an automatic onboard recording device to the ECM. I mean, ours is obviously hooked to the ECM. But those will only be good, and you only get the extension if you had the onboard recording devices before the deadline. And so Correct. you get two years. So in 2019, they will have to be switched over to ELDs. ELDs are a lot tougher than automatic onboard recording devices. There is no uh, lapse in time between... Like, if you creep around the building, it's not going to capture drive time. As soon as you move those tires under an ELD, it will capture drive time. So if yeah. you're used to an onboard recording device, it's going to be a, to another little adjustment period for ELD, from what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, what, uh, what they've done is uh, the ELD won't kick into the drive line until you exceed three miles an hour. So it's going to be entertaining at the Flying J, <laughs> the Flying J 500. It's actually going to be a good thing for safety because the way some of these guys drive around these truck stops, you're taking your life in your hands being out there. So as long as you stay under three miles an hour, it won't kick into the drive line. As soon as you exceed three miles an hour, then, then it's going to pop you into the drive line. But um, that exemption, unless your carrier has, like if you're a small fleet owner, like the uh, the carrier I work for were were 15, 18 trucks. So we could use the AOBR exemption, and as long as no trucks get replaced, we get the extension until 2019. But I'm lucky enough, I get a new truck in January, so as soon as the the new truck hits the fleet, everybody is now required to uh, to go with ELD. So we've just hit the bullet, and uh, we started back in May, slowly integrating the fleet into ELDs and getting everybody used to it. Uh, myself and... Uh, one of our owner operators uh, were the first two on electronic logs, and it, you know, I haul produce. It's multiple pickups, it's grocery warehouses, the places we all hate to go, and it's the places that I see listed in all the anti-ELD Facebook groups. I go to the same places, and I'm doing something wrong because. Two months ago, I had a five picker that I managed to get on in two days, and I still made my delivery with uh, five drops. I doing something wrong. It just comes down to time management, and it becomes more of a problem for dispatch than it does for you. You, the driver, you look at your device, and when dispatch sends you dispatch. You look at it, and if it's going to work, away you go. If it's not going to work, you pick up the phone and go, hey, I've only got X amount of hours. You can see that. Oh, yep, you're right. Sorry. 
we're going to have to do something else. If you're booking your own appointments, I do my best not to book any of my unloads before 10 o'clock in the morning. I can win after the rush hour, and everything I haul has to be picked, transported from the field to a packing house, cooled, packaged, and put into my trailer. So it's pointless for me to start my 14-hour clock at 6 o'clock in the morning to hurry and get unloaded when I'm not going to get reloaded until 4, 5, 6 o'clock at night. So it just becomes planning. And again, if you put as much effort into making this work as people are putting in to not make it work, you're not going to notice anything. Most of uh, you know, and most of our audience is entry-level drivers, so really you don't know any different than the electronic log. And you wonder why everybody's in such a fuss, because it's, it's really not that bad. No, it, you know what? It's not bad at all. Uh, you know, Becky and I were the same way when they first said they were going to put ELDs in all our, in our trucks. And I think she might have even been throwing a bigger fit than I was. Um, you know, but it didn't take us long to figure out that uh, we actually gained time. And, yeah, we actually had to uh, learn how to manage time a little better. But, uh, you know, this has been, uh, you know, I, we, I, I love them. Now, I don't want sports down my throat. You know, I chose to stay here and try it and deal with it. Uh, but, you know, it's been forced on us uh, by, you know, by the government. And uh, But, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, it's, it's it's time management and hours of service completely. Yeah, I've been, I've been driving for um, 10 years, and all I've ever known is electronic logs. I hear people moan and cry and complain about electronic logs and how paper's better and I got I was like I got no idea what you're talking about. I hate paper logs. Oh it's yeah, they're just you know, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And oh by the way, let's not forget in the event of an ELD failure, you must have eight days worth of paper logs in your possession somewhere in the truck. So make sure everybody's got at least eight days worth of blank logs because that's the amount of time you have to get your device fixed. And your your company can email you your previous day's logs so you can write them down. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it's not the technology, love it or hate it, it's, it's not the end of the world. And the real issue is hours of service, and I honestly believe that now that we've got real hard, irrefutable data, that the FMCSA is going to be more willing to let the genie out of the bottle again. We all remember what happened a number of years ago when they let the genie out and all hell broke loose. They're not in a big hurry to do that again, but at least now when we've got real data. And, and let's not forget, we, and I'm doing the air quotations here, we, the trucking industry, have brought this on ourselves. So we have nobody to thank but us, the industry, for being in the position we're in. 
and everybody complains about the government overreach and it's a violation of their rights, the device is tracking a piece of commercial equipment. It's not tracking you personally. And again, the posts in the Facebook groups that I've seen, you know, there's people out there making tinfoil hats so the government can't find them. The government has, could care less if you go to the Iron Skeleton Park over at the PA. All they're worried about is where your truck is. That's all they're tracking. They're not tracking you personally. Uh, well, when I uh, when I hand the officer my phone in the inspection mode, he's going to have access to everything. Well, you know, Elida uh, was quite out, quite concerned. They had banking information. Well, when I sign into my banking app. I have to use a password. If the officer wants to go in there and pay my visa bill, knock his socks off. You know what? In law enforcement, we have better things to do. All we're interested in is your compliance. We're not going to update your Facebook page. We're not going to email your friends. We're not going to phone our long-lost cousin in Taiwan. You know, it's, it's a tool. Sorry, Russ, didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, hey, no, 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 no problem. Um, I got into a discussion with a driver the other day uh, about what we're talking about now, and, uh, and he's making an flexibility argument on all the usual suspects, you know, he was throwing out there. And I looked at him, and I said, I said, wow, you must want to go to jail. And he's, I mean, he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I said I'm not kidding. I said, you're holding a smartphone in your hand. I said, that has a GPS tracker in it. Uh, I said, how many cameras have you passed on the highway? I said, every time you swipe your fuel card, there's a record. I said, how many times have you signed in and out of a shipper? I said, if somebody hits you, I said, you may get past a DOT officer. I said, but you're not going to get past the attorney. It's not going to happen. Okay, they're going to go and look. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's not that hard to find you. The, uh, you know, the amount of cameras that are, I mean, look around on every street corner. There's a traffic camera. Uh, for those of you that know Jackie from from the CNC and the Let's Truck Group. Uh, she always posts a picture of her truck from the highway camera in, in uh, I think it's when she's going back Wyoming. to the uh, scale in uh, Wyoming. So it's not that hard to find you. And if you're involved in an incident, don't think for a second that some law firm isn't going to put a student in front of a computer and keep searching the DOT highway cameras until they find your truck drive by and connect the dots. And like I say, I was never the smartest guy that put on a uniform. And it's just not that hard to find you. And I really get a kick out of take their uh, you know bills from a, a shipper and they'll black out the time. Do you really think that when I phone the shipper and introduce myself as Officer Howard with Commercial Vehicle Enforcement, I'm investigating an incident. Can you tell me when Melissa Grimm from Melissa's Trucking loaded at your facility? 
they can't rat you out fast enough. They don't want any part of the incident. So, yeah, just be compliant. It's just a lot easier that way. Yeah, well, obviously Landstar is starting to comply with the the ELD mandate, so they're bringing all their, their trucks in. You either get the, the onboard recording device or you, they terminate your lease. You know, that's just how it is. But before that, when their drivers were running paper, um, they would pull them in all the time. You, they didn't have to wait for the DOT to, to catch them at a scale. Landstar would call them in because they caught them cheating on their logs through their trailer tracking system. Exactly. Well, and uh, I was uh, I was actually on the uh, Landstar safety call uh, this morning, and uh, they're saying that if you haven't installed an ELD and your truck is not exempt by December the eighth, you won't be dispatched. So anybody that's working for Landstar, you've had the satellite message, you've had the phone calls, you've had the emails. <clears throat> Unless your truck is exempt. December the 8th, you're not being dispatched. Okay, here's a good opening for that. Let, we got to talk about this this exemption because there's been all kinds of uh, rigmarole about that. Can you give us a clear, clear definition of that exemption? Oh, I am so sorry. I <laughs> The engine has to be 1999 or older. So if you've got a glider... A Fitzgerald glider, for example, and you've got a Series 50 Detroit engine in it. The manufacturer's tag on the valve cover has to read 1999 or older. Yes. You know, if you've got a 2000, if it's manufactured in 2000, you need an ELD. It's got to be 1999 or older. And you know what? As long as the technology exists to make those engines compliant. So I'm not so sure that the government's going to allow that exemption because a 1999 or older could run an ALBR and meet, meet the requirement. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that pans out. But again, you know, for the people that have run out and bought older trucks, why? Just so you can keep running paper? Insurance companies are going to do far more for compliance than law enforcement has ever done. Insurance companies are now demanding that you become compliant. If you're not compliant, then you need to look somewhere else for coverage. Uh, Load brokers, the majority of the brokerage firms are now in the rate confirmation, for those of you that are running on your own authority, are now sending out with that, are you compliant? It's a yes or no question. If you're not compliant and you sign that form that you actually are compliant, You've just voided the contract, and the broker is under no obligation to pay you for anything you... So be careful 
making false declarations. And again, you're just opening yourself up to a world of hurt in the event lawyers get involved. So, yeah, it's we fought, we lost, it's time to move on and get over it. And you don't have to embrace the technology, but you have to use it. Hey, I want to talk about uh, some of the positives that I think could come out of this mandate. Uh, Number one, all you people that say you're going to leave, don't let the door hit you on the way out because that's just more, less capacity and more freight for everybody else. But I also think because there will be a time period of probably a couple of months where people are shell-shocked and getting used to the ELDs, uh, people who have never uh, thought the 14-hour clock applied to them, I think you are going to see a, a tightening of capacity. And I do believe that this is going to put a glaring light on things like the 14-hour clock and some of the filliness in the hours of service. I also think that now that we're going to have everybody on the same uh, playing field, that a lot of these shippers and receivers that like to do nothing but drag out what should take an hour into a four, five, six, seven-hour escapade, I think those are going to have to uh, make some changes as well, or they're going to find their freight sitting on their dock because the driver couldn't leave with it, or it's not going to be there on time, because now that driver's not going to cheat to make up for their uh, lack of, uh, yes, there, thank you. Yeah, no, Becky, you are 100% right. Excuse me. And I, uh, that is one of the benefits to the ELOG. Right now, there's just zero appetite from a shipper or receiver to change how they do business because they know that you're going to go out, you're going to sit at their dock for however long, and you're going to rewrite history, and you're going to make the delivery on time. So really, there's just no incentive for them to change how they do business. On the electronic log, that no longer is the case. Uh, We've used it to track our customers, and uh, we're using it as a tool to decide whether or not we need to continue this business relationship. If our trucks, because we're just a little fish in a big pond, if our trucks are consistently sitting at the dock for X amount of hours, we can't do that for free anymore, and there's uh, there's no guesswork. We can actually print off log sheets and go, here's when the truck got there, here's when he got into the dock, and here's when he left. There's no there's no disputing these times. So if we're going to continue this relationship, then here are the rates. And if you're not interested in, in fixing a problem, there's just capacity out there. Is, uh, the, the freight and the rates are just crazy. And it's, it is a great time to be trucking. So it's, uh, you know, we 
capacity-wise, are, are finally in the driver's seat, so we don't have to put up with this anymore. So I think there's going to be a lot of positives to one of the electronic logs. And as far as, you know, the mass exodus come December the 18th, this is the same crowd that said they were going to quit when they had to get a CDL and had to give up their chauffeur's license. So, sadly, we're all talking in this industry and, and not big on substance. So, I was really, I was like you, Becky, I was really excited because I thought, wow, if everybody leaves that says they're going to leave and everybody's not complying that says they're not going to comply, then that really will tighten up capacity and rates are going to get better than what they are right now. And, and rates are pretty good right now. Sadly, rates are phenomenal. Uh, oh, they are. Sadly, I was at a trade show a couple of weeks ago in L.A., and I spoke to Keep Trucking and Big Road, and they're probably the, the two main players in the phone apps. And they've already exceeded sign-ups for what they were hoping for by December the 18th. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to see as many people ill-prepared as what we were hoping to really put it in capacity. But you know what? The first quarter is looking very positive. And, and normally, and I don't think it's any coincidence that they picked December the 18th because the Christmas freight has already been hauled delivered. And the first quarter is pretty soft anyway. So we'll we'll use that as a learning curve and just see what happens. But uh, shippers and brokers have taken notice and, you know, they're kind of expecting a a 10% increase in rates in that first quarter. And like you say, Russ, rates are great right now. So, boy, if we get another 10%, it's a pretty good time to be trucking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I'm, uh, I booked a load coming out of Pennsylvania for a van at $1.71 a mile. I haven't seen a load running other than in, within the state or going east, but coming back west, I haven't seen a load at, uh, a standard load at a dollar seventy-one a mile in a while for a van coming out of this place. Um, and, and I got—I know Becky's got a question, but I, I got uh, one question that you probably can't answer. Go ahead, Becky, and I'll ask for another one. Oh, I was just gonna—I was—I was just gonna say that maybe the the guys running away from the ELD mandate and quitting. We can join all the people that were leaving the United States when Trump was elected. Well, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. Well, please don't send them to Canada because we got to But yeah, and it's you know that's uh, uh, I was on Kevin's show uh, last week or the week before, and uh, we're actually concerned here in Canada with the less than stellar small carriers that. You know, compliance and some of these carriers, if you use compliance in the same sentence as their their name, it's just bad grammar. Their business models just will not support compliance. There's concerns in the Canadian market that uh, these guys are going to quit running north-south and they're going to run east-west, say, in Canada, and flood the Canadian market with cheap, uh, non-compliant trucks and drivers, and uh, that's actually quite a concern up here for us. So it's, uh, I know we've, uh, one of our competitors is really struggling with this, and it 
certainly wouldn't break my heart to see them pull out of the uh, same lane that I'm in and come in here and flood the Canadian market with their fleet. Looks like Canada's going to be uh, roughly two years late to the late to the dance, as we normally are. So we're looking at 2019-2020 uh, for uh, electronic compliance. So uh, yeah, some of the Canadian uh, some of the Canadian carriers are quite worried about that. Yeah, I got a feeling that uh, the uh, you know uh, well that'll get nipped in the bud up there pretty quick because they'll start. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I would say they would. You know, if they start looking at uh, you know that scenario happen with the, the cheap rates and uh, the illegal truck Canada, I figure uh, DOT will get one of it and start uh, investigating that a little bit. Anyway, I got a question for you that you probably can't answer. Uh, and it's no trick in here, but uh, it's a, uh, a buddy of mine works for a uh, uh, roof trust company. And uh, anyway, I had asked him here uh, a couple of days ago. I said, have y'all got the ELD yet? And he said, no. Now, about 90% of their freight uh, stays in uh, Iowa. And probably within the, um, what is it, the 150 nautical miles, I think that you don't have to run the logbook. Um, so, but, I mean, the other day he was 15 wide and 90 foot long and went to Kansas. So, I, I, don't, I don't get why these companies haven't, I guess is my question. I don't get why these companies haven't gone, uh, hey, it's here. We've got to do something about it. Well, you know, again, we, uh, in the industry, we, uh, we just hate change, and we fight this right to the death. But uh, <clears throat> I'm just, uh, just looking it up here, and uh, I believe as long as they stay within the 100-air-mile radius, they don't have to have the electronic lock. However, as soon as they exceed that radius, they now have to have an electronic lock if they do that for eight days in a month. So if uh, it would just be... It'd just be way easier to comply than it would, you know. Imagine the accounting and, and paperwork nightmare that's going to turn into. Exactly. If you leave that radius, if you leave that radius for eight days in a thirty-day period, you have to re- you have to comply with the ELD mandate. As soon as you leave. The radius for a period of overnight and you don't return to your home terminal, regardless, you now have to comply with the mandate. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm just not sure why you would. And again, you use that for a billing tool. Um, I've got a local, uh, a local excavation company that, uh, you know, once we looked at uh, at e-logs and what it could do for his business, 
we jumped out and signed up. And, uh, you know, it's just making this payroll so much easier. It's making it easier to build for customers because they know exactly when the truck loaded, when it got to the job site, how long it stayed there, when it was unloaded, uh, turnaround time. It's, it's uh, the information you can glean out of this to help run your business, you know, certainly outweighs the inconvenience and, and the heartache that you feel it's going to come, you know, it's going to bring. Oh yeah, well, you know, he uh, evidently they have a uh, they're they're paid hourly, and they've got a couple of guys who uh, they know are milking the clock, but they can't track them and so on and so forth. And uh, of course, they're, they're those guys are absolutely screaming about EOD. <laughs> well, uh, you, you know, yeah, yeah I, I mean, they are. I mean, they're screaming about EOD. Uh, you know, not wanting them and what have you, and. Uh, so I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, don't work for the company, don't deal with a mother, that's got a, a buddy that does. And, and uh, he's actually been kind of trying to twist their arm going, hey, look, you need to get these things in the truck because, uh, you know, he said, I'm used to ELDs, but if you get something that I've never used before, uh, don't put it in there the night before and expect me to run it the next day. Exactly. You know, we need, you know, uh, anybody that's listening listens to the uh, show on the weekends, I started harping in the springtime with Kevin. You need to get on this, and you need to try it, and make sure that your business model supports this, and just get used to it. Um, we're in we're in the crappy weather season, so another one of the arguments is, well, I just ran into a storm that I didn't know was here. Now what do I do? Because my hours are getting skinny you do exactly the same thing you did on paper. There was an exemption in paper that allowed you to exceed your 14-hour window as long as you it gave you two hours to get to a safe haven. You couldn't exceed it more than 16 hours, and you had to make a note. So all you do is, wow, I'm in trouble. So make a note that road conditions deteriorated, drove into a snow, it was a lake effect, snow squall like they get down east, freezing rain out west, whatever. And I've exceeded my my hours and you've stopped at the first safe location. It doesn't mean that the weather turned bad and now I can drive 13 and a half hours to get to my delivery appointment, it means you can exceed your clock, your driving hours, and your window to get to the first safe location. Make lots of notes in the remarks column. Because three months from now, if you wind up in an audit, you're not going to remember the storm, and you need to have that information in there so that we can go back through the weather data and go, oh, yeah, you're right. Interstate 80 was a mess on this date from this time to this time. Yep, you're good. So there's just, there's nothing to fear 
It's nothing has changed in the hours of service regulations. It's just how we record the events. And just like everything, like I've always said, make lots of notes and you're going to pass a DOT audit with flying colors. Yeah, I had a similar situation. Uh, I got construction uh, zone that some brilliant truck driver uh, couldn't read the fuel gauge or it was broke or something, but he ran out of fuel. Uh, they had the four-lane, oh, yeah, they had the four-lane highway set down to two lanes, one going north, one going south. Well, our southbound lane wasn't moving. No exits, and we sit there for hours. And, uh, uh, you know, I was listening to the uh, chatterbox, and everybody was running out of hours. Uh, Needless to say, uh, I knew we all knew we weren't going to make the first truck stop that was down there because it's small anyway and it's going to fill up. But there was a, I don't know if the DOT had it cleared out for us or, or what, but there was a truck-only rest area, and we filled that thing up in probably about two minutes. Yep. <laughs> but we were all out of hours. There was absolutely nothing we could do about it. But I made a few notes on the log. Made a couple phone calls to the carrier, said, "Hey, look, and this is what happened." Made a phone call the next day to the carrier, got a bunch of notes put on it, and that was it. That was the end of it. Absolutely, and it's uh, you know it all boils down to communication and just doing what we're supposed to do and what we were always supposed to do. If we ran into bad weather on paper, we weren't supposed to magically make it work. We were supposed to log it exactly like it happened, and in the remarks column, we're, you know, write an entry in there of what transpired and why we exceeded our hours. It's uh, the movie man here, folks. It's uh, well, and you were talking about weather, and this wasn't uh, an 11 or 14 hour. But again, on one of the pages where the, everybody was going crazy, their other bone of contention is the 10-hour break. Well, what in the world are we going to do for 10 hours? You know, nobody sleeps for 10 hours. And one guy was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I have, uh, what, what are you supposed to do when you're parked at the truck stop and there's a storm coming in? You know, you're supposed to just sit there? So, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I don't care if my 10 hours are up or not. Again, you are the reason why we're getting ELD. It's a 10-hour rest break, not six, Absolutely. not and eight. What we, and what we can do is we can do a split sleeper berth. And you on can. electronic logs, it's so much easier than doing it on pen and paper because now I have to make calculations and I have to think and I have to look back and make some more calculations and then look ahead. The electronic log does all this thinking for us. And yeah, if there's a storm coming and I can utilize the split sleeper berth, hey, I'm going to, uh, if I've got hours available, I'm going to take a two hour nap in the bunk and I'm going to get up, drive the time to get ahead of the weather or get out of the weather, and then I'm going to take, take my break and either go back on to. Uh, onto the 10-hour break or keep doing the split sleeper. Uh, well, see, they were talking about 
no hours available. Like they did, the, yeah. not using even if they use the, the split sleeper berth, zero hours available to drive. But I'm just going to drive anyway because that sounds like a good plan <laughs> until something yeah. happens and yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I hate call. to be the you know what I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you don't have hours on on electronics. You don't have hours on paper, so yeah, I guess you're screwed. <laughs> well, I see the uh, the clock is uh, is bumping us out, so thank you so much for for tuning in. And I uh, I'll apologize for our technical glitch. We'll have that all sorted out for uh, Melissa's show next week, and uh, I can be reached on social media. Dale Howard on Facebook. You can find me uh, at the uh, Let's Truck. You can uh, call them and they'll uh, they'll get in touch with me. Uh, reach out to me on Facebook or Messenger, and uh, I'll do my best to uh, help you out. Anybody's running the uh, I-15 corridor? It's a great big orange shiny T680 Kenworth. Need to have trucking on the side. Get a hold of me. If you want, we'll uh, we'll go through a pre-trip, a pre-trip inspection with you. Whatever you need to do, we'll help you out. So don't forget the uh, the rest of the podcast. Uh, next one coming up is going to be uh, rates and lanes, I think, with Rico and uh, Mike Beckett's tires on Sunday. You don't want to miss out on that. We're Melissa's uh, well, back here next Thursday. So stay safe, stay compliant, stay healthy. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in.